Welcome to the Money and Time Machine podcast, where you can learn how to rage against the theft of your financial future by listening to a unique perspective on what's holding you back from a life of more money and more time. Hello and welcome to the Money and Time Machine podcast. I'm your host, Justin Paul. This is episode 162, Trapped by Your Achievements. I have a confession, folks. I've been flat this past while. Not as in I've lost my mojo flat, but the wind has left my sails and I've been cast adrift, at the least been taken by the current. I had a conversation last week with Carmel Murphy, a.k.a. the Communication Queen for Fixake Marketing and host and founder of The Exceptional Entrepreneurs, and she charged me up enough to know that what she had to say was the pick-me-up I needed, but still, there was something missing, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I was feeling trapped, but couldn't for love or money figure out why. Then I came across Robert Greene, who asserts, and I'll quote you, Xenophon said, Your obstacles are not rivers or mountains or other people. Your obstacle is yourself. If you feel lost or confused, if you lose your sense of direction, if you cannot tell friend from foe, you have only yourself to blame. So, thank you, Robert Greene. A very blunt but candid assessment and a point of reference to start from. When I started out in late 2019 with my podcast, the optimism, the energy, the try-and-stop-me attitude, amongst other things, spurred me on, and it seemed that I was unstoppable. Remember, in my introduction, I've been cast adrift, scarcely a breeze to help fan my sails. I knew I wasn't sinking, so at least that's a good thing. Everything seems in order, including the steering mechanism. I've checked the chart, so I know that I'm not technically lost, and I've been clear as clear can be as to where I'm headed or close enough. Nothing is blocking me, and even if there was, isn't there a quote which says, obstacles do not block the path, they are the path? Well, let me backtrack to when I started out with my podcast and other endeavors like trading and marketing. Oh, yes, lots of enthusiasm. I wasn't exactly sure I knew what I was doing back when I started, and for the record, having never done anything resembling my achievements to date, I'm pretty sure I didn't always know what I was doing. All I knew was that I was doing something, working things out, figuring out the challenges and foibles as I went along. Any result was a good result for me. It let me know where, if anywhere, I was headed and if it was in the right direction. And even if it wasn't, it didn't really matter. I had momentum. I had movement, albeit in uh, certain times I thought I was kind of going in the opposite direction to where I wanted to go. Did I get too comfortable in this last couple of years, or did something uh, akin to being comfortable sneak up on me? Anton Chekhov said it best. We learn about life not from pluses alone, but from minuses as well. Maybe that accounts for my feelings of dissatisfaction lately. Why 
Upon review, was I able to achieve what I've done to date and find myself stuck now that I have results or achievements to speak of, even if they are but achievements only to myself and a few of my most ardent fans. Alexis Carell may be able to share some light. Man cannot remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor. Perhaps that explains why I got caught up in the trap of my achievements. I recall how much, in my own mind at least, I created something. Surely that counts for something, yes? What's that you say, Gary Vaynerchuk? Stop treating your ideas so preciously, make them real, tangible, taste them and touch them. When an idea sparks, get it into the dirt, grind it out, and let the idea evolve or don't expect shit. Hmm. Right now, Gary Vee, I'm feeling sensitive, but I won't embarrass myself because you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars and I know for a fact that you wouldn't care about my feelings. Your results are based on definable and measurable outcomes and feelings come a distant nowhere, as important as they are. Robert Greene laments, We humans are extremely clever creatures. In disaster or setback, we often find a way to adapt to turn the situation around. I think I have found what's been irritating me, what in part contributes to what feels like the wind having subsided and not ushering me strongly in the direction of my aim. And it's said best by Albert Camus, an achievement is a bondage. It obliges one to a higher achievement. We can all relate to this idea of plateauing, where and when we have reached a level of achievement based on an idea that has come to life. Now, here's the rub, as it were. You cannot afford the luxury of getting caught up in what your business idea could become. It's going to become whatever energy you put into it. Even then, there will be no guarantees. I think that is the beauty and pain of online business. There's no space for sentiments in business. You are either going to be effective or ineffective. Let's look at high achievers and it becomes clear that they are always in search of the next thing, the next big deal, the next big venture, the next level, whatever that may be. They have this seemingly inexhaustible enthusiasm, which should come as no surprise because their enthusiasm pours from a wellspring called besting themselves, never becoming too comfortable in their comfort zones, avoiding stagnation, knowing that comfort is where growth goes to die. Conventional wisdom suggests you should be happy and grateful for what you have, and gratitude is important, make no mistake. But gratitude is not a lower-order emotion. It has to reside higher on the emotional plane than fear. Fear is not something you try to master. What you try to do is regulate and master your emotions so that even though there are no guarantees in life, finding your purpose drives you to know there's as much chance of success as there is of failure. But to do nothing is not an option. To convince yourself that what you've always done will continue to work is another error. And why do I say error? Well, because you can make corrections. And and if what you see suggests a change in your thinking and a change in a process, then that is the route that you need to pursue. I can't recall who said it, 
but all these years later, it's as true now as it ever was and ever will be. An attempt can go wrong, but inaction inevitably results in failure. Try not to be the person espoused by Albert Camus. Those who lack courage will always find a way to justify it. Remember this, your life, your purpose is an adventure. So, in that spirit, I have a huge shout out to Tanil Bentley, an old friend who has had an incredible life as an adventurous and enterprising woman and, of course, a renowned, world-renowned entrepreneur. Leading up to this podcast, I've been lamenting what, if anything, I could do to understand how best to navigate my way out of the slump. On Friday just passed, it's Sunday afternoon now, I had a compelling feeling to get into my car and just go for a drive. So I ended up driving into Fremantle in the evening and I found myself at Elizabeth's Bookstore. It's uh, one of the oldest bookstores in Perth, I think established in 1973, so it's been around for a while. And they've got a couple of branches uh, throughout Perth, maybe three or four. And I found myself perusing through some of the book aisles. And I came across an author with the last name Bentley. I think it was Tony Bentley, uh, T-O-N-I, so it's a lady. And the book was called The Surrender. And I laughed as I remember that last year at the Fremantle Markets, I, I felt a little tap on my broad shoulders. And it was Tennille Bentley. She's a very petite lady, for, for those of you who know her and have met her. And we had a chat, and it was, it was really nice to see her well. But getting back to the bookstore, I found myself in the philosophy section. And there it was. Now, I, I, I seem to recall knowing that Tanil had authored a few books, but little did I realize that her business, uh, Digital Consciousness, was in fact a book also. And so I laid down the books I had in my hand, and I proceeded to read her book, but not before asking the retail clerk what time the bookstore closed. It was a little after 8 p.m., and they closed at 10.30. I read the book, and by the end, it seemed rather unfair that the author and the owners of the bookstore should let me read and gain clarity and wisdom without remunerating the universe, so I bought the book. I found what my perceived problem was. It's like anything in life. And I defer again to my friend Robert Greene, author of many works, including Mastery. What must ultimately motivate you is the work itself and the process. One of the scariest things is when you become aware of what you had to do to get where you are, and then know how much more work and how much harder you'll have to work to get yourself off the plateau and up to the next level. And in addition to learning new skills is the work you have to do on yourself the inescapable, irrefutable work that cannot be encapsulated in a workshop or a series of retreats you did, but the real work, the kind of work that comes from building new habits that will slowly kill off the person you were to make room for the person you need to become what it is you say you want to become. It's a struggle no one is immune from. The only cure is to get to the next level. What Tanil and others, of course, have helped me with and ultimately helped me put things into perspective is that I live in a digital age. I live in a digital consciousness. My ego has been leading me on to think of consciousness as something abstract, an abstract concept. But what I learned is that I need to expand myself within this consciousness because there is only consciousness. I have to see the digital world and consciousness as one and the same. To expand is to transcend and include. 
The higher you aim to grow in consciousness, you cannot dissect, you cannot disconnect from. You must use what is and grow with what you can access in your bid to grow in the digital age and stay relevant, especially if your business is based on leadership, influence and persuasion and generating profits from the world at large. Don't try, and I suspect I have been doing this for a while, don't try to compartmentalize yourself as I have instead of accessing those parts of me and letting go of those other parts of me that have served me well in the past but who can no longer provide me with what I need. They are not to be excluded or exiled. They are just being introduced to other parts of me that are more effective at what I need. I also uh, was motivated by one of Naz Means. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Naz Means of Naz Daily. He's the young Palestinian YouTuber with over 20 million followers. And um, in his one of his videos, I think this was in 2020, uh, he called it the useless class. In this video, he denotes there are three classes of people. There's the upper class, the middle class, and the lower class. And he proceeds to mention another class called the useless class, as I mentioned earlier. And he references uh, Yaval Noah Harari's book, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. And this is where Carmel Murphy's message uh, last week and in previous episodes where I've interviewed her, that video marketing is going to escalate in prominence as one of the most important business skills to master if you wish to avoid the void. That seems imminent as the rapid speed at which technological changes are advancing. And it's going to leave millions of people wondering, what the hell happened? What happened to my job? How am I going to fend for myself, feed myself and my family, lest you intend to surrender your potential and live in hope that your government will look after you and provide you and yours with the promise of safety, security, and, of course, some semblance of a lifestyle? Here's what I know. Any emotions and feelings that are grating on you are nothing more than a command from the universe to try and understand yourself better. As Robert Greene would ask, what if we could look within and see the source of our more troubling emotions and why they drive our behavior, often against our wishes? I'm Justin Paul. Till next we speak, please take care and bye from me. Thanks for listening to the Money and Time Machine podcast. And remember, you're either someone else's version of a money and time machine, or you can learn how to become your very own effective money and time machine and to live with purpose on purpose. <laughs>